Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Dresmick Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again. Cutting into the margin, but it's McWicked. Four years later, back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did some good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy up. Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rockin' Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rockin' Ron, bit of a legend. On the outside, bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer, 59. Somewhere, Penty, rockin' in heaven. Rose Run Quest is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviard Alley in full gear outside. Sharton start a feeling. Caviard Alley all out. Sharton digging deep. Sharton's going to dig in here and get the win here. Sharton up on the front end. That none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Giddy You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy Check one two. Is this thing on? You got another uh, action-packed rendition of Hoops Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. Hey, the microphones work this week. Well, you know we're we're one for one. That's that's a good start to the day. Well, maybe well, let's not hold our breath because next week we're going to have to test and see if the actual uh, live <laughs> remote mics work. So, you know, next week could actually be like a test show. Remember the test shows two and a half oh, years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the test shows. And uh, listen, you know what? Now's as good a time as ever. We're going to have a press release. And, Mike, you don't even know the announcement I'm about to make, but we are going to be on live at Western Fair Raceway from 830 to 1130 next Friday will be our first live remote. We kick off the 2019 season with our first live remote. And, Mike, they've become very widely popular listen-to shows, and they're a lot of fun to do. Yeah, they certainly are, and uh, it's always great. It's starting to be tradition, Mike, where we kick it off at Western Fair. This is, what, the third straight year that we've done that with uh, the then Molson Pace, now, of course, the Camelot Classic. It's always an entertaining race, always an entertaining card. 
And I'll tell you what, we had them on the show last week, Greg Blanchard and Greg Gangle. And we've had Sugar Doyle on the show in the past. And they just do such an awesome job, amazing job trying to make that an event. And, uh, you know, I think Greg Blanchard uh, put it perfectly. We all pray for good weather. I mean, especially them because, you know, I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, we're an outside industry and, and uh, <laughs> you know, you get some bad weather and, man, it could, uh, it could certainly ruin an occasion uh, just like it did a couple of Saturdays ago in Louisville. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the guys at the Raceway at Western Fair District are always great with us. I'm going to go on with Shannon Sugar Doyle, uh, as we have done the past couple of years uh, for the pregame show. I get to call a race or two, I guess uh, Sugar was telling me. So, you know, all, all right. systems are go for our first live remote. And what what fun it is, Mike, to kick things off at the Raceway at Western Fair District. And it's always tradition. We have the same seat every year, just about. We go on the pregame show every year. It's really a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a great way to kick off the live remote season. And for more information on our live remote schedule, and we're sure there's going to be tracks added and, and events added as time goes on. So it, that certainly is not the official document. But uh, you could uh, go onto our website, Post Time with Mike and Mike, under our live remote schedule and check it out. And, hey, come see us. You know, we've always got goodies that we give away and hats and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, hey, we always got different things going on. So And we'll even put you on the broadcast if, uh, you know, you're presentable enough. So stop by. Well, there you go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we always take interviews. Uh, we try to get some of the drivers to come over. The one thing you won't hear this year is our girl, Jess Gotten, is uh, she is at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment, but she will be co-hosting a pair of Hoosier Park shows with us. We're excited to have her back for the 2019 Dan Patch Stakes and the 2019 Hoosier Pacing Derby. So Jessica will be back later on in the fall, but she uh, she's doing some good things. She's moving out to Jersey, Mike. Uh, she's making yeah. the big girl move out to Jersey. I know she's probably listening to us right now. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I've had a chance. I had a chance to work with her at the Meadowlands last Saturday. I mean, she has just come such a long way. I mean, she's a professional now. She's she's uh, really really good, and everybody's really happy with her progress. So it's good to see one of our own, Mike, another one of our own, kind of take off. I mean, look, we've got the natural Rich Bate. He was kind of in the the post time with Mike and Mike School. Now he's a he's a race secretary and a track announcer. He's got his own racetrack pretty much at Tioga. Yeah, that's he's doing some great things out at the Tioga Downs. Listen, we're two for two for graduates here. Two for two. That's right. So, uh, yeah, you, who knows? You could be the next post time with uh, Mike and Mike graduate. But uh, speaking of graduate, we've got some great action coming up as the Grand Circuit season starts to kick off here in 2019. We've got uh, some graduate uh, action at the Meadowlands coming up. We've got uh, the uh, Art Rooney and Lismore eliminations at Yonkers coming up this weekend. And uh, a card that you'll have a chance to handicap, you can see it on post time with com or Ontario Racing, is uh, the Sunday card coming up at Flamborough, the edition of the Confederation Cup going for a purse of 188000 And Mike, this has uh, turned into an entertaining race over the past couple of years. And I don't think this year is going to be any exception, especially when you look at numbers one, Dorsadoro Hanover and two, Jimmy Freight. Well, you know, it, it turned into an interesting race. If you watch the eliminations, it turned into an interesting race just to kick off uh, the whole thing done well, put in a monster performance in the first elimination, which everybody thought was kind of the weaker, the two eliminations. Then we come back to elimination number two, Dorsodoro Hanover has to come off or come wide off the turn. 
Lather up uh, makes a break around the first turn, going around the second time. Courtly Choice doesn't make the final. Boy, you talk about getting things uh, shook up a little bit. It's uh, <laughs> it was definitely interesting for sure. Well, if everybody, you know, and that's why they have eliminations, Mike. But I mean, if all the big guns would have made it into that one race, imagine how great that race would have been, at least on paper. But it still is a fantastic race, and and I see Garnet's favorite horse, the Downtown Buses, in there. Boy, he just he's <laughs> always right in there, isn't he? I mean, he, he's not very flashy, but I'll tell you what, he's always right in the mix with the big guns. Yeah, he is for sure. And, you know, the downtown bus, he he raced in the Levy series. What a grueling series that is. And the downtown Mm -hmm. bus came right back out of that, made the final. But I'll tell you who I'm going to be watching, Mike, is post number nine, Ghost Dance. Ghost Dance set the fractions at big odds last week. Uh, I believe finished uh, second uh, behind the winner, Dorsadoro Hanover. And I'll tell you, Ghost Chance, uh, excuse me, Ghost Dance might be your long shot play of the night underneath and might be worth a look. All right. Well, yeah, you know, so uh, make sure you check that out. That's uh, Mike Carter's full card analysis is going to be on post time with Mike and Mike dot com and Ontario Racing. Give our friends at Ontario Racing a visit. What a great website that is, by the way, Mike, Ontario Racing. I mean, that's one of those websites where you can just get immersed in and spend a long time. And I mean, stuff for newcomers, stuff for veterans, uh, stuff for horsemen. I mean, handicapping tools. I mean, you name it, they got it. It it is really a a wonderful site. So make sure you check that out. That's uh, OntarioRacing.com. I believe that's the actual Earl, isn't it? OntarioRacing.com. Yep, yep. OntarioRacing.com. Our uh, full card selections are there. uh, Just about seven Seven days a week between myself, you, Garnett Barnsdale. Jennifer Morrison has joined Uh the uh, fray in the Thoroughbred game uh, from Woodbine Thoroughbreds, and uh, we're covering all of the Ontario tracks. Mike, what a great show, though, we have. I hope you got your your shades over there. You got some sunglasses to put on over there because we're going to need them for the first interview. Shades. Uh, Andrew Dembski is going to join the program. And how about the career of Andrew Dembski? He's a thoroughbred guy. He was handicapping at Tampa Bay Downs, where he kind of got the name Shades. He would wear the sunglasses uh, on camera and such. And then he went to Presque Isle Downs. He let that kind of continue. And now, Mike, he's working for the state of Pennsylvania. That's right, and he's going to be doing some harness stuff and thoroughbred stuff for the uh, Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. And uh, I'll tell you what, that – you know, that that organization, that kind of arm, that marketing arm of Pennsylvania racing kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, and all of a sudden they're making a major, major splash in uh, trying to unify the Pennsylvania racetracks and put them on the same page in terms of marketing. And I got to tell you, they're doing a heck of a job thus far. Uh, we had Ashley Eisenbeal on the show last week, and now we're going to have the newest member of the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association, Shades. And I'll tell you what, I'm very, very excited that he is uh, going to be here in, in my home state in Pennsylvania because this he, he's built a brand for himself. And you know what? He he can relate to younger people, and God knows that's what racing needs. Both thoroughbred and harness is that relation sure. to younger people. And uh, I'll tell you what, I don't think there's anybody better in the business right now that can do that than Andrew Dembski. So we're going to talk to him in just a few minutes. Plus, we got a couple of other post time with Mike and Mike first. Mike James, uh, James McDonald's going to be joining the program, and what a career he's had. For being such a young guy, he just picked up his 2000th driving win. He's he is uh, he won the World Driving Championship back in 2017 at the uh, Red Shores in Charlottetown, and and he's accomplished a lot in his young career. Plus, he's the brother of uh, one of our good friends, a good friend of the program, Anthony McDonald. So we'll talk to James uh, McDonald coming up. Plus, trainer Patricia Adams 
will be joining us, and she is the trainer of the Indiana State champion $50 bill, and we're looking for uh, some big things out of $50 bill here in 2019, so we're going to talk to Katricia and Mike. Here's another surprise for you while we're talking about surprises Uh-oh. on the program, and I don't um, – give me just a second because I don't want to screw the name up, but we're also going to be joined when Katricia calls – we're going to be joined by her husband, Patrick Delvecchia, too, because he's the uh, – he and Katricia both – it's like a team operation. They both okay. uh, work in the training. He's the one that basically sits $50 bill, so we're really going to get the skinny about $50 bill coming up. So you're not going to want to miss that. Katricia Adams and uh, Patrick uh, Delvecchia will be joining us. And then, Mike, of course, this is part two of an amazing interview, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein. It's a very special pacing for the Cure segment. We had part one last week. Part two is coming up uh, maybe towards the bottom of the hour, around 1130 or so. And uh, this is actually the better, in my opinion, of the two parts, because this is where Dr. Greenstein actually starts talking about getting into what they've discovered, what could possibly be the end game, the cure for multiple sclerosis. And that's what everybody's kind of interested in. So we're going to talk to Dr. Greenstein about that a little bit later on in a very special pacing for the cure segment. But up next it's Andrew shades. Demsky. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by bet America on the USTA back in a moment. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 1st, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hay rides, free food and beverages. Kids, you'll have a chance to meet a full of mare and a stallion. Plus, today will include demonstrations such as a stallion collection and pregnancy checks. Plus, you can meet the fine folks from the Harness Horse Youth Foundation and Pacing for the Cure. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Twitter. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 1st at 11 a.m. Be there. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is bigger than folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit harrishoosierpark.com for more info. We're back at this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by the man himself, Mr. Andrew Dembski. Andrew, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? Not too bad. Well, listen, you know, we're, we're going to talk about your job and talk about what you're doing at the uh, Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. But real quick, how did you get into this thoroughbred sport, and where did the shades come from? 
Uh, well, uh, let's see. I grew up probably 10 minutes from Belmont Park. Uh, I think my my grandfather spent, I don't know, the last 50 years of his life at Roosevelt Raceway. So between the two, um, him being such a big racing fan and growing up so close to a racetrack, uh, got involved with the sport or at least fell in love with the sport young enough uh, to, to where I was playing it as soon as I could legally uh, play it. Uh, but the shades, um, let's see, third day, third day on TV at Tampa, my camera girl told me to, to put my sunglasses on because I was squinting and I was hesitant, you know, I was new, this was now, what, six years ago, um, to doing anything like this, and I said, all right, I won't tell anybody, I didn't ask permission, I just did it, and, uh, the Twitterverse picked up on it and had their fun with it, you know, I said, you know what, we're going to turn what the sometimes, uh, negative Twitter verse might say into a positive kind of ran with it. And you know what, at this point it's kind of worked. So no going back now. Shades it is. Andrew, Mike Bozich here visiting with Andrew Dembski, uh, better known as Shades. And like uh, Mike Carter said, we're going to get into your new duties with the uh, Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association coming up here in just a minute. But we, okay. How many different pairs of sunglasses do you own? Let's see. I don't know. I, I'll tell you what. I have plenty of different sunglasses. Um, the white ones that I, I usually wear on TV, I have six pairs of those alone. So okay. I have backups for my backups just in case. Now, 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 in your uh, all these these shades are these like are these uh, I mean are these expensive sunglasses mixed with economically priced you know like post time with Mike and Mike can afford sunglasses or are these like I, these these the real deal? No, I tell you what, the ones I wear on TV they are they are really cheap. They are uh, they're actually everyone always says oh he must be wearing his his Oakleys or his Costas. No, I'm wearing a. Uh, shades that are made by a fishing company. I'm a big uh, bass fisherman. I grew up on Long Island saltwater fishing, but uh, I really fell in love with freshwater fishing, and I love bass fishing, and uh, they're actually made by a lure company, so they're fishing sunglasses that I wear. All right. Well, listen, that's enough fun for uh, for one day. Let's jump into the real, the real reason uh, we got you on, and we'll talk about the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association, a huge hire as the Director of Digital Media and Creative Services. How did this job kind of come about, and uh, what are your duties there? Yeah, well, it, uh, I kind of, uh, they kind of started talking to me last year when the organization was, was kind of forming, and it was more a casual uh, hey, can you help us out with, you know, some events? And, you know, me, I'm, I'm very easy. So, yeah, of course, you know, that's that's kind of what I do. I, I, I enjoy promoting the sport as much as possible. So whatever you need, yeah, let me know. Um, and then it, it ultimately came, they, they kind of found out a little bit more about my background, I guess. And uh, I, I came from minor league baseball where I was, you know, produ- I was a production manager producing all the – uh, video entertainment, on-field entertainment, that sort of thing, uh, all the video content you see on a video board and web videos and whatnot. And I still did that at, at Tampa and Presque Isle Downs in Erie, uh, did most of their web videos and commercials for them um, on the production side. So when they kind of found out that I, I could do that as well, they, they kind of said, you know what, maybe maybe we could bring shades on. And I was excited to do it because it, it really uh, it's kind of going to let me, I don't know, work in a game that I love horse racing, but still kind of reach back into those four years I spent in baseball where uh, minor league baseball, as you know, is kind of, um, it's more for like the ridiculousness of it all. And I think that's what horse racing could use a little of. It's always very 
serious and straightforward, but uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. So we're going to hopefully set me free here in a few weeks and let me have a little bit of fun producing content and hopefully some unique content that the horse racing world might not have seen yet, uh, just a little more fun, lighthearted stuff. And hopefully that will help us uh, attract some new fans. So we'll see how it goes from here. But uh, this is this is my first week, gentlemen, so uh, I'm still kind of settling in here in terms of uh, what I'll be doing going forward. Visiting with Andrew Dembski, better known as Shades. Now, uh, Andrew, listen, uh, you're a young guy, okay? And, you know, we talked a little bit about before you got on the air about how racing, both thoroughbred and harness, has to find a way into the minds and souls and hearts of younger people because, uh, you know, it's, I mean, racing has been kind of known as, as an old timers game. And, and quite frankly, I think we, we missed the generation somewhere along the road and, and, uh, you know, I mean, competition has sprouted up and, and uh, now there's casinos and a million different ways to spend your entertainment dollar. What are some of the things that you would like to see racing do to try to attract better attract young people yeah i think uh, i think a big part of it um that's kind of missing uh, is the fact that horse racing in general in promotion uh horse racing in uh they talk about this might sound silly uh but they talk about horses and it's it's almost like they're promoting horse racing for people who already know about horse racing and with all the promo content we've seen is oh, let's go interview this trainer and talk about his horse in this stakes race. Well, you know what? The the people who we need are people who don't even know what a stakes race is. So we really have to kind of start bottom level here. And I think a lot of, especially recently, obviously horse racing has gotten some, some negative press. Um, but I think we're kind of fortunate in that the people that we need to attract, the young people, are almost too naive to even know about that. They they, they We have to start kind of bottom level, don't know anything, what is horse racing? Why should I be there? And I think we're lucky to have, um, it's almost the people that we need are the naive people. So we can really start bottom level, just getting people to a racetrack and introducing them to the game without worrying about technicalities. I mean, we're really going to start bare bones here. That's my plan. Uh, we're going to go to colleges. We're going to go to different sporting events and, uh, you know, we'll set up, booths and RVs and we'll tailgate at different different sports but we're going to see those younger crowds the, the, the teenagers, uh, the 20-somethings that the game really needs so I think we're going to kind of, I don't know I don't want to say throw caution to the wind but we're going to, we're going to do some <laughs> new things where, where it, it might seem unorthodox um, but at the same time I think we've done the same thing for years and it's time to think outside the box and just try some completely new things so Listen, until they tell me no, this is what my first week on the job, <laughs> I'm going to push as many new ideas and things that might seem uh, a little strange. But you know what? At this point, that's what we need. We need something new. Well, listen, in case, in case he's listening, and, and listen, you got a chance to, and of course, my, me and Mike are both both announcers. You got a chance to call some races uh, at Presque Isle, and you got a chance to call a couple races at Tampa. But in case... Our guy, Peter Aiello, the big-headed man from Florida. If you don't know him, you should go back and listen to him. He's the biggest jinx of horses ever. He has horses jumping rails and this, that, you know, we, you, you know. But uh, we'll give, it, give the guy a shout-out. But what was it like to work with him uh, a couple of weeks ago at Tampa? Uh, we had such a good time. I went to visit uh, him and, of course, uh, 
he's only about what four hours from from Tampa down there, and I think uh, so I spent a day with uh, Gabe Pruitt, who of course calls it Red Mile, and and Tampa went to visit uh, Pete, hung out with him in his booth, and then I was fortunate enough to have him come to the Tampa booth and hang out with him for a day. He's just such a big goofball. I mean, he is, but he's the kind of guy horse racing you know needs this big, lovable young guy who everyone can relate to, and he's a, he's the biggest advocate for the game you're going to meet. I'd love to have that title myself someday, but I can't because Pete Aiello exists, and uh, oh man, you can't not like Pete. That's, he's, he's just a fantastic guy. Listen, all joking aside, of course I called him big-headed, but Pete and I are the, the some of the best of friends, and we actually, when we came down uh, for the Dan Patch Awards a couple of years ago, uh, my fiance and I went out with him and his girlfriend to a very nice dinner, and I'll tell you, I have to echo Andrew's comments. Pete's a wonderful, wonderful guy, super fun, and, uh, you know, listen, to have some of you young guys like us in the sport it is really refreshing because uh, you share the passion and the love of horse racing uh, just in general, not just thoroughbred racing or harness racing, just in general. It's really appreciated. Yeah, thanks. And, I, I, and hopefully, uh, I, I know, I, there's, I want to say there's a core group of relatively young people coming up in the game, but it is kind of good to see. Um, so, uh, I, I think as much as there's only maybe a handful of us right now, um, there wasn't a handful of us six years ago, you know. So it's we're really developing, you know, relatively quickly. And unfortunately, because it was six years ago, yeah, we're aging. Um, my hair's short because I'm hiding <laughs> the grays. You know, I got to cut it short to hide the gray hair coat in. But that's, uh, that's the way it goes. And hopefully uh, we're going the right direction. I think we are. I think the PHRA is going to really help in Pennsylvania. I'm looking forward to – to getting uh, to a few tracks that I haven't been to yet, which is exciting. Um, so I don't know. This is a new adventure for me, but I think it's hopefully going to help get these younger fans you're talking about and the younger uh, people in the game. And hopefully not just in the game as fans, but, but people like us who want to make a career out of this game. And that gets even more exciting going forward. Well, listen, Shade, thanks so much for taking time out of your uh, first week on the job to sit down with us and join us. And listen, I know from a, uh, from my standpoint anyway, I'm sure I'll see you on the road a little bit, and I'm looking forward to working with you. Absolutely, man. I will be traveling Pennsylvania as much as possible, hitting all six tracks here. Well, Shade, awesome. listen, man, come up and come up and see me at Harris Philly, and we'll get you in the booth and call a race or two. <laughs> all right, absolutely will. I think I've called one standard red race so far, so I'm looking forward to calling my second. All right. Well, Shade, thanks so much for taking time out. And uh, listen, good luck in the new role. Hey, thanks so much, Shelvin. It was a pleasure. All right. That was Shade's Andrew Dembski. And what an interview that was. Holy cow. I'll tell you, I'm excited about him. You know, I, I mean, he's uh, he's one of those guys that can relate. And he's, you know, he's not afraid to take an unorthodox approach to promoting the sport of harness racing. And that's what we need. Wow, that was that was a lot of fun. And, you know, he, he's got some good ideas, you know, like he said, you know, we got to reach out to these bottom level and quote unquote naive people a little bit and, you know, kind of introduce them to what we know and what we love so much about this sport. All right, lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We're going to talk to James McDonald, driver coming up. He just picked up his 2000th win Monday at Woodbine Mohawk. Plus, Katricia Adams and Patrick DeLavecchia will be joining us as well as our second part of the Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein interview on our very special Pacing for the Cure segment. That's all left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. 
The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 7:15. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner, Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, lots left to come on this edition. Katricia Adams, Patrick Delavecchia, that uh, sensational duo will be joining us, plus Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein in a very important uh, part uh, two of the uh, two-part interview uh, for our Pacing for the Cure segment. Right now, we're joined by the newest member of the 2000 Win Club, our man from up north, James McDonald. James, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. 
All right. Well, thanks for calling in. Listen, buddy, you have accomplished a lot so far in your young career. You just picked up your 2000th win. Of course, you won the World Driving Championship in 2017. But let's talk about that 2000th win. And I know some drivers, you know, really keep track of their milestones. And some are just like, ah, you know, it's another race, (laughs) you know, just another uh, trip around the racetrack. How do you feel about it? How did it feel to get that 2000th win? Oh, it was great. Uh, usually, I've been lucky both times. I've, I haven't like I know it's just kind of a good year for Aaron Merriman, 2,000 wins. But uh, for me, I've been lucky because usually you get to like 999, and then it takes forever, or 1,999, it takes forever. But uh, both times I was coming up on a milestone. I, I had a big night and, and got there, so it's uh, got it out of the way quickly, and I didn't dwell on it. Now, James, kind of talk to us a little bit about what it's like driving with some of the bigger guns up in Canada. You guys have a lot of big-name drivers up there, but one in particular, uh, now you don't have to worry about, in Anthony McDonald. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it's going to be fun uh, driving, w- driving with the McDonald clan up there and driving against some of the top guys. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a it's a great driver colony at, at uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park and uh, and really all over Ontario. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It, it it helps to race against some of the best every night, and you get to watch what they do. And then uh, in Grand Circuit times, you get to see the some of the best Americans come up with some of the best horses. And you know, it just it, it motivates you to keep trying to get better and better. And you know, that's where I'm at in my career. I just want to keep getting better until. Uh, so, yeah, you know, ultimately you want to be the best, but uh, it'd be nice to get there someday, but just keep getting better for now and uh, keep working hard. Visiting with James McDonald, uh, driver. James, let's uh, talk a little bit about how you got your start in the sport of harness racing. Obviously, you've got a family that's really heavily involved. Is that is that how you kind of got started? Yeah, absolutely. My uh, my dad has some root mares back in Prince Edward Island, and my uh, mom takes the pictures at the racetrack. So we were we were definitely track rats growing up. We were always around the of the horses, and I I kind of took a little different path. Like I wasn't uh, I, uh, originally I hadn't uh, desired to be a catch driver or, or a trainer or involved in horses at all. Like Mark and Anthony were, you know, when they were 14, they they owned horses and they were doing it working in the barn every day like I worked in the canteen at the track and I you know I didn't I went to school I, I took a year of marketing after high school like I, I never really had any ambition to uh, race horses but then I came up and worked for Anthony one summer he was short and uh, you know I kind of the bug kind of got me right away and then I, I uh, came back the following year and then I, so I've been up ever since and, you know Mark and Anthony have helped me obviously a ton get started now james what what is the hook for you uh you said you kind of veered off kind of out of the racing path or a little bit but what is the hook that brought you back into the sport i, I don't know just the love for the horses i think and uh, and just to see how happy you know everyone is around the industry you see you see you work with them and you work with your friends and yeah and you know the, the they have all these good horses around to watch and and just 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 working every day and uh you know seeing the best horses the best drivers and it's just it, to me it's it's just it's my life you know it's all i want to do it's all i think about and it's uh it, it's really exciting and i think when new people come in and they and they get to, to go to these big events and watch the big races and see the best horses and the best drivers and the best trainers it's it's a lot of fun 
James, back in 2017, you won the World Driving Championship, and that really had to be a big, big thrill for you. Tell us about how that experience was. Oh, it was once in a lifetime. Like, uh, like I'm really excited to go to to go to Sweden and and uh, have a, you know, hopefully do well over there. But I mean to to go all over Canada and win it in front of my uh, in front of my home peers in PEI was something I'll never forget. It. Uh, I, I can't even describe to you. Like everywhere we went, the whole crowd was red and white. You know, and, and to represent your country is is amazing. But then to win it on home soil, it was. It gives me goosebumps even now just thinking about it. James, one final question before we let you go. Where do you see yourself in a few years? What's kind of the uh, the end goal for James McDonald, some of the things you want to accomplish before you call it a career? Well, uh, I don't know. Just just to be successful. I mean, I would love to win an O'Brien Award someday as Canada's top driver and uh, – and really just participate and win some of the big races. Like, I, you know, I, I've had a taste of them. You know, I got in a couple big ones, but I, you know, I haven't had that giant, gigantic win yet. I want to, you know, I want to win a North America Cup or a Meadowlands Pace or Hamiltonian, something like that. If I could just keep improving and uh, and someday get, you know, get a, you know, a real legitimate shot at, at some of those races and hopefully get a few of them under my belt, then, then I would call that a good career. All right, buddy. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you going forward. Of course, uh, your brother Anthony McDonald, the big friend of the show, and tell Anthony we said hello. And it's good to see him doing better, by the way. Does this guy ever slow down? I mean, here he was involved in a spill, and then a week later he's sitting in the Meadowlands broadcast set. Does, that, does this guy ever stop? No, he is like, he's like the Energizer Bunny, and uh, I don't know how he does it. I, I wouldn't want to put myself in his shoes. He definitely – he works hard, and uh, he, he earns every bit of success he's getting because he, uh, he he puts in the hours and he puts in the time with the owners and and the uh, promoting, and uh, he works he works his butt off. So it's good to see him doing well. And he's a little banged up right now, but he's he can't he can't hold him down. That's for sure. He'll still be going hard. No question, James. We certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck to you overseas, my friend. All right. Thanks for having me, guys, and thank you very much. All right, that was James McDonald, and uh, well, I'll tell you what, you just you kind of know, you know, when you're talking to a McDonald because it's <laughs> like you, right away you can just hear that passion for for the sport of racing. Oh, for sure, that whole family, uh, Mark, Anthony, James, that entire family has a passion and an excitement for this sport that is unparalleled to anything I've ever seen. And uh, we're going to get to see Mark Mack, I'm sure, at uh, the Camelot Classic. He has not won the Camelot Classic, by the way. Um, he's kind of like the Dale Earnhardt of the Camelot Classic. Um, so we're going to get – so so I, I hope Sugar's got to call, you know, 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration, and, you know, you know we'll see we'll see what happens. But uh, Anthony always gives Mark a, uh, a hard time when uh, – when in Canada, when we go up to the Camelot Classic, because he hasn't been able to win the Camelot Classic. And it's always fun to see those two kind of bounce around off each other. You know, they give each other a hard time. They have fun. And it's uh, it's really cool to see. One thing you don't have to worry about is Sugar not having a call for an occasion. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I guarantee you he's got a, a hundred different scenarios. and That just and, happened. You know, we, Oh, we have we have already talked about how, uh, you know, I want to say his style of race calling is unorthodox in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You could say that. 
You know, I mean, it's it's very different. It's very entertaining. Number one, it's very entertaining, and it's very good. It's very good. We love sugar. I mean, he's he's got a, but it, but the, it's it, that's one of the things I look forward to most about this race is sugar's race call. Yeah, for sure. It's one of the most fun aspects of it. You know, he comes up with things all the time, and, and like you said, it's unorthodox in a good way. Uh, he spices it's, it's, up the it's races. Always, and, I, makes, and, and Mike, I guarantee you, it is always, always going to be right up there for race call of the year. Always. Oh, for sure. Every year. Every single all right. year. So, so that was James McDonald. We certainly pre- we appreciate all of our guests joining us. We're going to have a dynamic duo coming up here in just a moment, a husband and wife team, Katricia Adams and Patrick Delavecchia. Now, how many times have we had a husband and wife? We aim to please here on this program. This is going to be a – I can't wait. This is going to be a fantastic interview because uh, we're going to hear about – I'll tell you what, a horse that I actually picked to win the Breeders' Crown, and, and uh, he made a break in the first turn, and that was a very tough, uh, tough way to go down. But $50 bill, I'll tell you what, this is – uh, one of he's quickly turning into one of my favorite horses, Mike, and uh, we're going to talk to uh, the uh, team of Patricia and Patrick about that. Plus, Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein in the uh, second part of the two-part interview, and a very special pacing for the Cure segment. You are not going to want to miss. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Canada's richest race for older pacers on a half-mile track is back. The Camelot Classic, Friday, May 31st. The scene of many great performances in recent years. Back-to-back victories by Foiled Again, State Treasurer's three-peat, Rock and Ron stunning track record win in 2018. It'll be a party on the patio of VIP infield experience, plenty of giveaways, plus an undercard featuring City of London finals and the return of Ontario Sire Stakes action for horse players. Bumped up, guaranteed pool, high fives, big fours, something for everyone. Don't miss the Camelot Classic. Friday, May 31st at the Raceway at Western Trail District. Go to camelotclassic.com. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is big, fat, folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit harrishoosierpark.com for more info. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 1st, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hay rides, free food and beverages. Kids, you'll have a chance to meet a full of mare and a stallion. Plus, today will include demonstrations such as a stallion collection and pregnancy checks. Plus, you can meet the fine folks from the Harness Horse Youth Foundation and Pacing for the Cure. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Twitter. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 1st at 11 a.m. Be there. 
We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich and Mike, we talked about $50 bill um, a lot uh, throughout last year's career, but I, I remember $50 bill from the Breeders' Crown at Hoosier Park and what an impressive performance that was. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, what a horse that, you know, he's been and uh, I think he's going to be as uh, as he moves forward. And now he's under the tutelage of Katricia Adams and Patrick Delavecchia right now. We're going to bring them both in, the husband and wife team, right? Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So it's fantastic. It's a team effort. We and now, Patricia, we had you. We had you on, and then you sent me a text. Said, "Listen, we got to bring Patrick in because this is a team effort, and I love it. Absolutely love it." So uh, let's yeah. before we get into talking a fifty dollar bill, Patricia, we'll uh, ask you first, and then uh, we'll let Patrick answer it. But uh, how did you guys kind of get started? This is your post time with Mike and Mike debut. First time you guys have been on the show. So how did you guys get started in the sport of harness racing? Patricia, we'll start with you. Well, I actually got started in uh, Pennsylvania, in western Pennsylvania. Um, a friend of mine was racing some horses. I saw him at our county fair. He needed some help. I had just graduated from Penn State with a teaching degree. Thought it would be something fun to do for the summer, and that was the end of that story. Just been horse racing ever since. So, um, basically, home-based in Pennsylvania, like I said, uh, we raced um county fairs, Pennsylvania sire stakes, any grand circuit events in Pennsylvania and Ohio, we never really headed east very often. And, um, you know, then as life changes and you move on, I um, made some changes after that person passed away and I went to judges school and got my judges license and clerk, of course, and charter and then missed the horses so much, just decided to... Uh, take a winter job working for the Burke stable with babies in Florida. And then that's where I met Patrick. He was down there working for Irv Miller and we, we did that for a little bit. And then we decided to, um, you know, after we got married, we decided to go ahead and go out on our own and, that's that. Here we are. <laughs> wow. So you're very well-rounded in the sport from a different, uh, I yeah I have a, a diverse background and lots of uh, uh, lots of uh, things I could do. Let's go that way. <laughs> Are you there? What happened, huh? Uh, oh, I, I, I sorry, forgot I to think I lost myself. it for a minute. I for, no, I, no, I forgot to hit my unmute button. Mike, Mike trusts me with the mute button way too often. All right, back to what I was saying. Patrick, we're going to toss this one at you. What has it been like for you guys? Obviously, horses like $50 bill only come around once in a lifetime. What has it been like uh, for you guys to have such a special horse like this? It's been awesome. To say the least, it's been awesome. <laughs> He's a special trotter. <laughs> Well, it, it's funny because, you know, it, you see a lot of the smaller stables. Of course, you know, you're interested. You know, you get some sire stakes horses or something like that. But what's it been like for you guys both uh, to kind of come up with kind of come up with a stakes caliber horse? And, you know, I'm sure he's taken you everywhere you've wanted to go and then some. But uh, let, talk to us a little bit about what he's kind of like just mannerism wise and what it's been like for you guys to kind of be around him. You would never know that he's just uh you know, he's calm, behaves himself. You can ship him with other horses in the trailer and 
he would be just overall a good horse, you know, just manner wise, behavior wise, just just a nice horse to be around. Now, guys, what is his kind of schedule uh, for this season? Obviously, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see him some on the Grand Circuit stage, but have you guys kind of mapped out a schedule for him? Yeah, we kind of mapped one out for him. He's racing this week in the first leg of the graduate for four-year-old, and uh, we'll take it from there and, you know, make a decision where we go after after this race. And Mr. Barnard is very hands-on with um, with his horses and in the mix on everything. So he's he's got a nice schedule for the summer and and um, would certainly consider any of those um, invitationals that are written. And uh, hopefully we'll have him racing all season and into the fall. Visiting with Patrick Delvecchi and Katricia Adams. Sorry about that, guys. I had Mike Carter on mute, and I got cut off. So that was a <laughs> that was a pretty interesting uh, turn of events there. But uh, nonetheless, uh, let's talk about some of your other horses uh, in the barn. What uh, and Katricia will throw this at you. Who are some of the other horses that you got that we should watch out for? Well, we we do have uh, six others for Mr. Barnard, including On Duty, a four-year-old pacing colt that also has uh, raced in the graduate and has some other uh, four-year-old events this season. Um, and uh, we have a gutsy little filly for him, also Backseat Terror. She's been quite spectacular here lately, racing at the Meadowlands and there at Harris, Philadelphia, and um, even broke her maiden against the boys at the Meadowlands. So she's she's a good little good little filly. I'm watching her playing in the paddock right now. She feels so good. So uh, we like her a lot. And we also have a couple horses for uh, another owner, uh, David and John Pershnock from my hometown of Punxsutawney. And uh, Haluski and Carpathian Kid will eventually here be uh, racing. Well, Haluski started already, started back, and uh, Carpathian Kid. So we have high hopes for those two pasters as well. Yeah, certainly some horses that I'm uh, pretty familiar with that have raced here at Harris, Philadelphia. Guys, let's uh, yeah. let's talk a little bit about working together. Now, I used to work with my wife at Hazel Park for uh, for a long time, <laughs> for ten years, and uh, you know it it's it can be tough sometimes because you know you you go home with the same person, then you gotta you gotta you gotta work with them, and you just you're you're constantly with each other all the time. So, you know, sometimes uh, there could be a, just a few disagreements. <laughs> how does how does uh, yeah. how does it work with you guys? Uh, Patrick, I'll let you start with this one. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, it's tough at times, you know, but we uh we try to get along as the best way that we can and uh I I I think we make a good team. You know, it's it's hard work. We're here we're here day, day and night working on the horses, and you know it, it. It can get frustrating sometimes, but she's pretty good. She puts up. She she puts up with me a lot. <laughs> well, Patricia, that's you got anything to add to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The challenges, the challenges of working with your spouse. Um, there's definitely times when you appreciate getting some alone time away from each other. But there's often the times when there's nobody better to be sharing your workspace with because he might have an idea about a horse, I might have an idea about a horse. Together combined, we have the perfect idea for the horse. Um, So being able to, you know, have that kind of relationship, bouncing those things off each other, coming up with the best 
plan, the best course of action, um, something I might think of he didn't think of, vice versa. But there's definitely days I get on his nerves, and there's definitely days he gets on my nerves. But uh, I think that's when you just know to focus on the job at hand. And even in a moment of, geez, you're really making me mad right now, you just keep doing your work and, and you know, leave that behind you kind of situation. But uh, that's the challenges of working with your spouse. But uh, overall, it's you have to have the right spouse to do this day in and day out, day after day, week after week. Um, that's certainly a challenge having that, that person that understands and gets your passion for this and why you do it. So it's, it's equally good to have someone that gets that. <laughs> listen, before one more question before we let you guys go and uh, we'll uh, lead it off with Patricia. Then Patrick, you could chime in. Uh, what are, what, what do you think is, and we asked James McDonald the same thing. What's the end game for you guys? What would you guys like to accomplish uh, in this sport? The like maybe one race that you guys would want to win more than anything, or a milestone, or any, it could be anything. What uh, what do you want to accomplish before you call it a career? Oh boy, you know what? I just try to make each horse the best it can be and do its own individual, um, whatever its greatness is. That's kind of what I focus on and look at. I don't like looking at the big races. Because then if you don't accomplish that, does that mean your your career in this business was not successful? I don't think so. And so I don't try to dwell on those big races and those kinds of things. I more focus on that the horses were well-loved, well-taken care of. We maximized their abilities and potential. And I think I'll feel good about my career just doing having those accomplishments that way. Patrick? I, you know, I would like to win the Hambo. (laughs) (laughs) Trish don't like the pressure. Well, I'm just not a glory seeker. (laughs) Yeah, I I can take the pressure when it comes to those races better than than what Trish can. And, uh, you know, the Hambo, Breeders' Crown. Um, you know, those major races would be would be really nice to win and I think that's everybody's dream. And yeah. uh you know, just keep going forward, work hard and you know, sometimes good hard work pays off at the end and you never know, we might get there someday. Well, listen, if you get when, not if when you guys uh win one of the big ones, you got to promise us the first interview. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Guys, listen, yeah. hey, listen, we certainly guys, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you guys uh moving forward and we certainly expect to see a lot out of fifty dollar bill uh in the months ahead. Let's well hope. thanks for having us. We appreciate the interview and we'll uh hope for the best for uh fifty dollar bill. All right, thanks guys. Thank right, you. Thank you. Hmm. I didn't get I, I didn't like try to start anything there, did I? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit, but that's because because you kicked yourself off and decided, you know what, I'm going to start some crap now that I'm off the air. That so uh, you been, know what, you're going to start it and then leave. He he's like that guy at the bar who tries to start a fight with somebody and then walks out, and two other guys wind up, you know. What you know? What what what? Hey, listen! What a cool interview that was, and and I love the end part. You know, uh, Katricia's talking about how, and, and you know, it's it's cool to see 
a husband and wife team work together, you know, in the barn because you know what horse racing and harness racing is a family affair. It it always has been. I mean, you know, my dad got me into it. I want to get my son into it. My wife's been involved, um, you know, I mean, in one form or the other. And I know your dad was, was is involved, you know, was involved, right. you know, primarily from the wagering point, and you know, that's how you got into it. And um, you know, but I it was pretty cool how that last question was answered because Katricia was talking about, uh, you know, how she's just worried about the next race, you know, worried about maximizing the stable that she has. And then uh, we throw at the Patrick and he goes, I want to win the Hambo. <laughs> Couldn't have asked for two, for two different answers there. That's for sure. That, that's great. Holy but you know smoke. what? You need that balance, right? Right. No, I completely agree that you do. You need that balance and, you know, the power couple. And, you know, like like she said, it was one of those things that, she, you know, she wants to kind of stay low key. And, of course, he's got like the big plans for it all. So, 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 it, so it's interesting. That's for sure to see those two kind of communicate with each other. Mike, how cool is this business? Really cool. I mean, you know, especially and we've been on the air for close to three years now. You know, and four. we've interviewed all kinds. Has it been four already? Yes, four years. Jeez. We're coming up on our third live remote season. Um, but how cool is it to interview? I mean, we're still interviewing people that we've never interviewed before. And it's, in my opinion, that is really the coolest. To, to, I yeah, mean, those... to get so many different points of view from so many different aspects of the industry, is, it's, it's really fulfilling, Mike. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, to still be trust a trusted source for the sport of harness racing is is something that uh, is something I think we should be proud of as well. And, you know, like you said, we've been on this program now three and a half, four years, and we're still finding people that come on the show who have never been on the program. It's uh, it's refreshing. That's for sure. All right. Well, speaking of special and speaking of, you know, just humbling moments and being fulfilling, one of the most fulfilling things that we've done on this show is our work with charities. And, and uh, you know, Pacing for the Cure is, is one of the charities, along with New Vocations and a few others that we've worked hand in hand with. And that last week we had part one of a very special interview with Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein. And uh, Dr. Greenstein has been working with Pacing for the Cure, has been volunteering countless hours in multiple sclerosis, sclerosis and autoimmune disease research, and uh, all volunteer, by the way, all volunteer hours, many, many hours. And we're about to hear the second of the two-part interview with Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein here in just a few minutes. But, you know, one of the questions that we get all the time, you know, when working for Pacing for the Cure, and we talk about multiple sclerosis, is, is there a cure in sight? Well, Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein has got the answer to that question and that's coming up next on a can't miss segment of post time with mike and mike presented by bet america and the usta back in a moment are you interested in learning more about owning standard bread racehorses do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bread owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think the United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. 
Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Canada's richest race for older pacers on a half-mile track is back. The Camelot Classic, Friday, May 31st. The scene of many great performances in recent years. Back-to-back victories by Foiled Again, State Treasurer's Three Feet, Rock and Ron stunning track record win in 2018. It'll be a party on the patio of VIP infield experience. Plenty of giveaways plus an undercard featuring City of London finals and the return of Ontario Sire Stakes action for horse players. Bumped up, guaranteed pool, high fives, big fours. Something for everyone. Don't miss the Camelot Classic. Friday, May 31st at the Raceway at Western Trail District. Go to camelotclassic.com. Dr. Greenstein, tell us a little bit about your research lab, kind of the, the when and where and, and how and that kind of stuff. So we're in a place that may be an oddball place for a physician. Uh, we're on Delaware Avenue in Philadelphia. Uh, in fact, if we look out the back window, we can actually look at the river itself, although we mostly have the blinds drawn so that we don't get too much sunlight and heat in the lab. Um, it took a number of years for me to raise enough funds uh, to begin. We have a million dollars worth of equipment in the lab, um, and this unfortunately is one of the real downsides of doing high-level scientific research and that the cost is extremely high, both in terms of equipment and in terms of reagents and supplies. Having said that, however, um, there's so many more things available today that we can buy a lot off the shelf, which really saves us time. The lab itself uh, has um, three main modules where the research is going on. One is a tissue culture laboratory, which is relatively isolated from other areas where we work with cells directly. Uh, we also have a flow cytometer, which enables us to examine individual molecules on individual cells. Um, the other lab is one where we do one of our molecular biology work, and we're very much into trying to understand what really is happening an MS at the molecular level. And the third module is primarily an area where we have heavy equipment, where we have things like a programmable cell freezer, uh, freezers and refrigerators and so on. We do have some additional work space and some other administrative space, which um, we certainly would like to fill in time with additional support personnel. Uh, we're um, next to my office practice, which I have restricted in time so that I can focus on the research. And the building um, which I chose is handicapped accessible. So it means that anyone with MS who unfortunately has any disability has very easy access. And in fact, people can get into the lab as well uh, 
for example, if they're in a wheelchair. Um, so all in all, it's worked out very well. Um, we um, have had great support from the ownership of the building, and they've certainly helped us um, with many of the modifications that one needs to have an active scientific lab. Dr. Greenstein, how much money are you hoping to raise to uh, to fund your research? Well, I think there are two aspects to that. Um, to keep the doors open and the lights on and do uh, research at a reasonable level costs, on average, about a quarter of a million dollars a year. We're also hoping to try to raise about a million dollars for more capital equipment. Uh, that will expand our capacity to do research. Uh, for example, the one thing that is um, really hot in the field of biology is trying to actually understand what goes on in any individual cell, not only the molecules that are expressed, but the genes that get turned on or turned off and modified. And we're hoping to be able to continue and move our research in that direction because we believe it's going to give us the answers that it needs. So unfortunately, it's expensive, um, but uh, we're trying our best to, to meet those demands and to develop these facilities. Um, the research personnel basically obviously get a salary and benefits as anybody would, and we're committed to being a fair and uh, equal opportunity employers for people. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, a possible cure for multiple sclerosis. What, in your opinion, are the key elements that will help you get to a cure based on the research and some of the things you found out so far? Well, as a preface to that, I, I think you need to understand that many of the 14 different treatments that are available right now to treat MS are relatively nonspecific in the way they act. By that I mean that they don't necessarily directly attack the core problem of MS, but fortuitously we have benefit which benefits people with MS. And we see this in the fact that they're not 100% effective. What we really need is to understand at a molecular level what causes this disease and then to be able to design treatments that very specifically attack that problem so that, for example, if we know that the problem is that a gene is either turned on or turned off and we need to do the reverse, we need to develop treatments that do that particular thing. Um, we need to understand what the imbalance is in the immune system that allows it to overact and we need to be able to surgically be able to go in there and attack that particular problem. It's not too different as an analogy, for example, with immune treatment and cancer, where they're using antibodies to very specifically target certain molecules. It goes beyond that in that in cancer therapy, the downside is that it isn't specific enough, and so that's when they get complications from the treatment. And so ideally with MS, we want something that absolutely cleanly affects the core problem causing MS and obviously does it with as little downside as possible. And I think if we get to that point, we clearly will have the answer to how to uh, cure and control this disease. 
Dr. Greenstein, one final question before we let you go. If you had a crystal ball and you could predict the future, what would you say about when a cure for multiple sclerosis will be found? Well, um, I don't want to be overly optimistic, not because I'm not an optimist, I am, but I would think anywhere from sort of a five to 20 year period, I say that and it may seem like an eternity, but in my own career in MS, I've seen it go from a disease that was hard to diagnose to one where it was easier to diagnose, where there were no treatments to now 14 treatments. And I, I think that the pace at which we can get to the cure is primarily limited to the speed at which we can get through this research. The faster we can do it, the more quickly we're able to get the answers. And I'm bullishly optimistic that this is entirely possible uh, based on the science that we already know. Dr. Greenstein, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, spread a lot of light on the research and, and what's going on with multiple sclerosis, and hopefully we can, you know, eventually find a cure for this disease. Dr. Greenstein, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. And uh, Mike, uh, some good stuff there from Dr. Greenstein, and uh, very optimistic about a cure coming up down the road for multiple sclerosis. You know, he talked about uh, through his career, how he saw how they could not diagnose it. Now they can do it with relative ease, how there were no treatments. And all of a sudden there's 14 different treatments. And, uh, you know, he went on to talk about, um, you know, attacking the core problem uh, of multiple sclerosis in a patient, as opposed to, you know, tackling the symptoms. So definitely with this research that is going on and thanks to everybody that donates for pacing for the cure and other organizations, uh, you know, it sounds like, uh, with the help of, you know, Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein and others that a cure is coming, uh, hopefully in the not too distant future. Yeah, that was a great two-part interview uh, with Dr. Greenstein. Gave some really relevant and really good information, so hopefully that was helpful to uh, a lot of our listeners. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, but, yeah, that was very, very cool to do that interview, and uh, he certainly spread a whole lot of light on it. Mike Carter, wrap this thing up, my friend. We got the afternoon racing today at Harris Philly. My replays are rolling. Let's see. We're in about the uh, seventh race of my replay, so uh, I'll be on the air with James Withright here in a few minutes giving my pick four analysis. 
All right. Well, listen, thanks so much for everybody who took time out to join us. Don't forget we're on next Thursday and Friday. you got Double Dose, a post time with Mike and Mike next week as we kick things off at the Raceway at Western Fair District. See everybody next Thursday. First post is 1030. No!